and welcome to the first episode of Teed Up, an original podcast created and produced by Long Beach State student-run newspaper, The Daily 49er. I'm Isabel Salaji. I'm Sunny Tapia. I'm Maddie G. I'm Naoki. Oh, we're going to cover some beach sports. We're going to recap Fullerton weekend. Where we played men's and women's away at Fullerton for men's. We had a women's game at home last night. Sonny, you were there. How'd that go? It was amazing. The entire environment was great. CSLB, we are, the men's basketball team is on a five-game win streak, and the women are doing just as good, if not better. They're on a seven-game win streak at this point. So there's a lot of things going on with those two teams, but specifically in men's, I mean, Lacina Treore, he is unstoppable at this point. He's number 10 in the nation in rebounding per game. So that's amazing for him. And the LBSU men's basketball team is number two in the nation as of now. We are just behind Alabama by like three rebounds per game. So we are doing fantastic on the glass. We're also in the top 20 in fast break points. So we're getting the ball, getting out and running. You had an interview with Coach Dan. How'd that go? Dan basically roasted the team uh, by saying that they're a great rebounding team because they miss every shot in practice. So they are practicing every day on rebounding. And it was great. So it really showed because the team ended up with 52 rebounds on the game compared to Fullerton's 37. So, yeah, if we just have a couple more good games of rebounding and Alabama takes a couple bad games in rebounding, we'll be number one in the nation. I mean, when you're leading scorer in that game, Marcus, I mean, he had 21, but 8 of 24 shooting, you missed 16 shots. It's a lot of rebounding opportunities right there. Absolutely. I mean, we did have nine offensive rebounds in the first half, and I think we only converted like two of them, and we missed the other seven, so we do need to convert. But as far as that goes, I mean, yeah, we're controlling the glass. Lucina, of his 17 rebounds, six of them were offensive, right? So he's he's getting gritty down there in the paint, right? The big the man amongst boys. Yeah, I mean, even Monson mentioned, like, the Treore boys are like a force on the glass and they keep it consistent they don't stop rebounding and that's really cool to see because those are just hustle plays and that's what's going to win games in the future and especially when we get closer to the big west tournament which is only a couple games away at this point now so they look pretty good going into the tournament and then on the cross-country front we are on the verge of witnessing some history here, Maddie G. Yeah, Riley Fick. It feels like every week she's breaking a new record. This weekend at the UW Invitational, she set the second fastest time in program history for the 5,000 meter on Friday before actually breaking the record for a fastest mile in program history, running a 4.46.32. And that record was a record that had been set and held since 2013. Dang. That's how I ran a mile this morning. I almost I almost died. Didn't make it. Almost D- didn't make it. Can't I, make it. I, I ran it in nine minutes, y'all. Ooh. Nine minutes? I ran it in nine. Oh, someone tell Riley. My, my calves are on fire competition. Right now. Yeah. Riley, we're uh, coming I'm, for you. I'm coming. Baseball player. Armando. Braceno, uh signed with the Portland Pickles earlier this week. Is yeah. Exciting for you, Annette? Portland Pickles. They're a very interesting team. College wood bat team. They play during the summers, so... Long Beach State actually has a couple of players that played for the Pickles most recently. We had uh, two players sign last summer, and then now Bricino's going to join the Pickles. He's a third baseman, freshman. I interviewed him earlier in the season, actually. Yeah. And really good guy. Excited for it. Excited to talk more about Pickles later. Ooh. Stay tuned. Ooh. Stay tuned. Um, this past weekend was championship weekend in the NFL, NFC and AFC championship. Eagles beat the Niners. Go Birds, 31-7. to Yes, sir. And then Chiefs beat 
the Bengals 23 to 20 in a pretty wild ending there at the end there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Osai up to that last foul had a relatively good game, commits the one bad, bad mistake, 15 yards, sets up the field goal, and the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl. I mean, Isabel, you're kind of a huge Nick Bosa fan. <sighs> So yes. I uh, mean, should we talk about the Eagles beating the 49ers first? Because that was devastating. I still have not emotionally can... recovered from that. Oh yeah. Uh, for anyone who did not watch the game, the Eagles kind of beat down the 49ers mercilessly. They won 31 to seven. Brock Purdy, the 49ers third string quarterback who has been quarterbacking for them for at least the second half of the season. Uh, he went down in the first quarter with a bad arm injury. His UCL is apparently torn. Yep. So that's not great, which means that, the 49ers fourth string quarterback came into the game. He Josh, has not played. In, Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson has not played in, in years. He's got quite the resume, though. Uh, he does? He's, he's been, played for like 20 teams at this point. He's career. 20 teams. He's not consistently. But well, yeah, but you've got a man who hopped around NFL, XFL, yeah. AFL. He's been everywhere. He's been everywhere, including the uh, NFC Championship game, where then he was later knocked out of the game with a concussion, yep. which meant that the 49ers didn't have a quarterback, and the 49ers running back, Christian McCaffrey, got got ready to go yeah. in and play quarterback because he's their emergency backup. Brock Purdy ended up coming back into the game, but he could barely throw. I think his longest throw was like less than 10 yards. I mean, the man's yeah. arm was just shot. It's just check downs and short throws. Yeah, it was rough. And McCaffrey did some like wildcat quarterback I love that. plays, which also didn't go very well. Needless to say, the 49ers were in a rough spot, and, and it wasn't even remotely a competitive game. I thought it was a good defensive game. I thought both sides on the on the D line were getting to the QB, forcing Jalen to have That's to true. get out of the pocket. But I think this game was a test of how Brock Purdy was going to be in the pocket mm-hmm. and how he could maneuver outside of the pocket. Because mm-hmm. I don't think he has played a defensive line quite like the Eagles, as deep as the Eagles' defensive mm-hmm. line has been. Mm-hmm. And you saw it. One of the first snaps that Josh Johnson gets into the game, he gets wrecked by Hassan Reddick off mm-hmm. the edge. So, yeah, and then... In the first quarter, Hassan Reddick gets to the ball. It tears Brock Purdy's arm off his, his, off poor his man. elbow. Poor, his poor man. Hey, but the future looks bright for him, though. It Purdy? does. Yeah. I mean, I, the conversations that are being had right now about he's potentially... I mean, people are talking about him being their, their first-string quarterback, coming back next season over Trey Lance, which I thought was kind of lunacy. Did not see that coming. I don't buy into the Brock Purdy hype at all. Please. I think he's kind of just been checking down a lot. That offense, you have so many weapons. Trey Lance is actually able to create plays. I don't We've know if Purdy can. Trey Lance has played like one game. I'm not sure that we can confidently say that, oh, yeah, he's the guy. We just don't, we don't have enough of a sample size to work with. That's Brock true, Purdy that's won, true. what, like eight or nine games? In a row. I think in he a row. A more time. But Jimmy Garoppolo did the same thing with that offense. And like, we've seen how Jimmy Garoppolo plays. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo wins you games. But I think he loses you games. I happen to agree with that. I'm not, I love Jimmy G, but I'm not convinced he's an NFL quarterback. But I think what Brock Purdy was a testament to was the 49ers system being honed so perfectly that you could get down to your third string quarterback, your fourth string quarterback in an, the NFC championship. And the, the system was still able to run, maybe not as well as it would have with Trey Lance. QB, but like they were still able to operate. I mean, the Niners are a defensive team. That's what yeah. they're they were the number one defense in the NFC. Bosa, Bosa. Uh, yeah, you got you got Bosa, Fred Warner. You know, mm-hmm. Teron Armstead on you know on on the D line, and you got some players in the back in the secondary. Mm-hmm. But they were gonna be there were a defensive dominant team, but then now you lose D'Amico Ryan's, mm-hmm. your defensive coordinator of the Texans. How much does that does it drop off? Mm. Can't be any worse than what the Broncos are gonna be in. 
I mean, the Broncos had no chance at a playoff berth, and now they really have no chance because I don't think Sean Payton's going to change anything. Broncos country, let's hide. (laughs) (laughs) The Sean Payton move going to Denver is something that I will just not understand. I mean, the team is financially handicapped with Russell Wilson there, with his, like, $50 million contract. I'm just not sure if you're going to build a winning team, even with Sean Payton on the sidelines. I, I just, that just seems impossible. Well, we're just going to have to see, right, what, what teams do in the offseason. We've had some yeah. free agents, some trade candidates. We were talking outside, you know, with Derek Carr potentially being out of Vegas. Yeah, there's he like, was asked not to come back. Yeah, he said, yeah. stay away from yeah, the team. And so a lot of teams that could, I mean, he's not that good, mm-hmm. but. I that, think he is. Man. You think he still has life? I think Derek Carr's. Top ten, if not top fifteen, still. What do you mean? Joking. That's a no. joke. Are you? No. I really believe the Raiders system just like was awful last year. You look at the year I mean, before; they make the fair. playoffs with uh, like with an emergency car. coach. That's true. Everything yeah. was going wrong in that organization. You have Henry Ruggs, yeah. Gruden, mm. and Derek Carr led them. Obviously, like he gets Devonte Adams. Mm-hmm. They yeah. don't really do much, but Devonte Adams was still backing him. Yeah, he fell for his boys. So, yeah. and then I think Derek Carr has a chance to come back. Yeah, and Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro were like in and out of the lineup mm-hmm. the entire year. Josh Jacobs had a Josh Jacobs year. was good. He was yeah. really good, yeah. really, yeah. really good. So I think, I think at this point you kind of have to think like, okay, do we build the offense around Josh Jacobs? Mm-hmm. Beef up the O line get some good old linemen that can run block really well? Do you want to go for a quarterback that can make plays for Devontae Adams? I mean, I think the bigger question, honestly, at this point, is how many camera people do you think Devontae Adams is going to push this coming up season? I got next. Indefinite. Indefinite number. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. I want to I be that guy. Dream gig. Push me. Push me. Win the lawsuit. Put, put, mm. I won't even sue. I'm just, I can yeah. just be, I want, I'm that guy. He's a clip. Did that You're cameraman sue? I think so. I think he sued and he ended up winning and then they just settled. Yeah. Yeah. That's a new camera body right there, Sonny. It's true. It's very true. Those are very expensive. All right. Let's talk Chiefs Bengals. Mm. Pat Mahomes on one leg. Travis Kelsey with back problems. Win it out. They'll make another trip to the Super Bowl. What are we thinking? I don't think. I mean, me personally, I think they're going to get ran over by the Eagles. And I hate saying that as a Cowboy fan. So I think. They're going to get routed, though, because just the way they performed, even though I know that the Niners were very banged up and they lost all their people and stuff like that. But I don't know. The Eagles just have a really good firepower on offense. And that's what I like about them. Well, also, I think as a Bills fan, I can say that the Bengals, a, a what a Bills fan. But you like Nick Bosa. I know. I Yeah, my loyalties are I, I scattered all over up, the NFL. I could have sworn up until this moment you were a Niners fan. I, I adopted them when Brock Purdy came on the scene, and my heart belongs to Nick Bosa. But I am a Bills fan. I'm a Bills fan. And so after the Bengals routed the Bills, I thought, this is it. This is the Super Bowl team. They looked so mean. I mean, their system was, it, it looked honed to perfection. Like, I just didn't think anyone would be able to top them. And, Maddie G, you can comment on this. The Bengals that played the Bills were not the same Bengals that played the Chiefs this no, past Sunday. They not looked, at all. No. I mean, that system, it didn't even look like it was there. The ball control, when you're, when you're like third and short, you know, and you're throwing long passes down the field for no apparent reason, when all you need is a first down, that's it. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously, we know things in Cincinnati necessarily might not have been only focused on that game. Joe Mixon. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the complete and utter abandonment of their ball control system that they use so efficiently against the Bills. Like, why throw that out the window against the Chiefs? I just don't understand. 
I don't think it was a game that really ever came down to offense, though. I think the Bills mm-hmm. lost the game not targeting Eli Apple enough. True. The Chiefs on that last drive did target Eli Apple. Mm-hmm. He commits the holding penalty, mm-hmm. pushes yeah. him up in the area. So, like, I think True. that's really all you have to do. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for Eli Apple, but he's yeah. burnt toast on the field. He is. This is true. He's, he's true. literally the Patrick Beverly of the NFL. Just a lot of emotion, mm-hmm. but no actual successful actions. Yeah, the Twitter fingers are always running course with Eli Apple. Yeah, I was listening to the New Heights, like Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey podcast last night, mm-hmm. and they're like, when like you talk to him, he's like a really funny person. Once he gets on those Twitter fingers, man, it's like, it's amazing. It's <laughs> some of the best content mm-hmm. I've ever seen. And I, I thought the Bills were going to be on that championship game, too, with the whole DeMar Hamlin thing. And I think they're going to be, like, super, super motivated. Yeah. to A little dream super, moment. That's what I'm, That would have well, been such a picture-perfect story. But, it right? would have. I think, I think people had, obviously, really high expectations for the Bills going into the season. They were, like, far and away everybody's choice to win. Yeah. If you watch the Bills the second half of the season, they, they were winning games, but they were not the team that yeah. everyone wanted them to be. And then also, you know, the DeMar Hamlin situation was emotionally exhausting yeah. for them. They didn't have a bye week. If you watch the exit interviews with some of the guys, particularly Dawson Knox, they looked so emotionally exhausted. They said that, like, they ran out of fuel by the time they got in to play the Bengals. And it was obvious. And then Stefan Diggs, towards, like, the last month or so, had dropped off in production. Mm-hmm. I don't a... think it was just Diggs, though. Josh Allen, in general, just kind of, mm-hmm. like, started to turn over the ball a little more. Yeah. Everyone knows he's gifted. If not the number one quarterback in the league, he's the second behind only Mahomes. Mm-hmm. but. It's just like, Jalen Hurts isn't there yet. He'll get there. Maybe. Maybe. But Josh Allen, I mean, to sign about him, he doesn't know how to necessarily protect the ball all the time, doing a little too much. But But I think also that's the way their system is built. It's They overextend Allen. Like, they have offensive weapons. They have Stephon Dix. They have Dawson Knox. They could do more dropback passing, and Mm -hmm. they choose not to. Their offensive system is not what it could be. And I think that's because they have a coach that is so defensively minded that they don't really use their tools as well as they could. So then do we think that with the current system of the Bills as a whole, do we think like Josh Allen has an MVP in him? Yeah. Yeah. I Eventually? Think so. I think so. 100%. Yeah, I think, I think so. so. I think there's going to come a time where people are going to get tired of voting for Patrick Mahomes. Voting for the Tila. time has come. We are like, already tired. It's here. It's going to happen. There's going to be a year where the Bills go like 15-2, and 16-1, and one, I think. Yeah. In, in in the near future, and I think that's I think it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I, I think that for a handful of these next generation of quarterbacks that can really do that. I mean, Josh Allen's twenty five, twenty six. Yeah. I mean, he looks thirty five, but this man is young. I mean, he's doing a lot more than we are, and we're like in the same age range, and we're here doing <laughs> a podcast. We're just talking about him. Okay, I mean, so what do we think? Do the best teams come out of the NFC and AFC championship games? Do we think the best teams are headed to the Super Bowl? Yes. Yeah. 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 I think so. Okay. I think, like, going into championship weekend, there was obviously one team who's better than the rest. It's the Eagles. They're the only team with no yeah. flaws, really, at this yeah. point. Mahomes' flaws are there with the injury. Same with Kelsey. But the Niners and the Bengals, in my opinion, just looked much worse. Yeah. Do we think that the, I mean, the Eagles, best defense in football, we can say that. Yep. Do you think they're going to be able to contain Kelsey enough to come out of this game? Because it felt like that is what the Bengals failed to do. I think on the Eagle personnel side, we have linebackers outside linebackers and even edge guys that can not stick with them right you, you, you can try to put Hassan Reddick on Travis Kelsey you can try to put Kaiser White TJ Edwards you know those middle linebackers on on Travis Kelsey and then if you need help you have TJ Gardner Johnson in the back Blankenship in the back helping you out and 
if you decide to run some more zone stuff, you have Bradbury and Slay lurking in the slots. And I think it's going to come down to you have to get to Mahomes. You have to make him move. He's on one leg. You have to make that guy try to make plays with his legs. And when it comes down to that, what Mahomes ends up doing, if he ends up being like superhero, to me, that's fair enough. But if he ends up just like keep taking hit after hit because he doesn't want to move, then that's that's on him. I mean, you guys are really fast in the middle. Yeah. That's what I've noticed. Like, I know that we just mentioned, like, they're the best defense and everything. But that's my main focus is always up the middle. You guys are so fast to, like, collapse on run plays and then passing plays when the quarterback tries to roll out. Like, you guys just collapse on it and you swarm everything. And that's what's going to help you guys, I feel, against the Chiefs, especially with Kelsey being such a big body in the middle. Like, if he decides to go with, like, little dump-off passes, it's probably not going to go too well yep. because even if he does, like if Mahomes does get the ball to Kelsey, Kelsey's just going to get popped instantly. Yep. So I think you guys have a really good shot at shutting that stuff down. And then as far as the long game, you guys will have that pretty structured, I think, because yep. you can keep up speed wise. Yeah, I think we have the best wide receiver between the two teams and A.J. Brown and even Devontae Smith. I would take a lot of over those Chiefs receivers. We were talking about it. Yeah, the Chiefs receivers, like, they're good. They have their moments, but they had no thousand yard wide receiver, at least. Kelsey was the only one to go over a thousand yards, and I think all of them had, like, no more than three touchdowns. Yeah. MVS, Kadarius Tony, Juju. Juju. Like, they can do stuff, but it's not consistent enough. MVS, big, yeah. big week at the AFC Championship. Yeah. But that was his only good game, really, on the year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, on the Eagles side, we had two thousand yard receivers, a thousand yard rusher. I still give the edge on the ground to the Chiefs. I think so, too, to an extent of, like, I, I mean, actually, I think it's a wash. I think it's pretty even. I think we're both teams are kind of like running backs by committee at this point. We have Miles, we have Boston Scott, we have Kenny Gainwell, then they have Pacheco, Jet McKinnon. It, I think it's just going to come down to, like, who dominates the run game more, I think. I'm not going to undermine the Chiefs secondary. I think they're a very like talented team oriented defense as opposed to our defense where we have more names out there. We have a lot of guys that can win one on one on the defensive end and the secondary on our corners. So I think it's gonna come down to like okay, like who's gonna win the run game? Whose D line stops whose run game? I think you guys will win that run game because you guys love running the weak side. Yeah. Like that's your main focus when you're when you run the ball and it always works because you have that like speed and you have that ability to uh, get through it in little holes that you find. So I think you guys will be solid. So let's go around the panel. Who you got? Honestly, I think I think the Eagles got this one. I think Mahomes is going to be isolated a lot of the game. I think they're going to take away his ability to run. And I think they're going to neutralize Kelsey enough to come out of this game on top. So I'm going Philly. Uh, yeah, I got Philly too. And full disclosure, the only true Eagles fan on this entire podcast is Naoki. So the rest of us hate the Eagles. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Quote it. So, but I still got the Eagles. You guys have a lot of really good weapons. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with the Eagles. I think we might even see Chad Henney play honestly in the Super Bowl. Wouldn't surprise me too much if Mahomes goes down with an injury. But not that we're wishing ill. Not wishing home, ill at all. But I want to see more second and third string quarterbacks yeah. in this game. If Chad Henney goes into the game, I'm going to be terrified. Chad, Chad Henney, Henney had his moments. Doesn't have, anything's possible. Anything's, anything's possible. Anything is possible. Anything's possible. There it is. Okay, we're going to take a quick break from the banter to introduce a lovely appetizing segment of the pod brought to you by our sports editor, Maddie G. 
Pickle break. Yes. So uh, we talked about it earlier. Armando Bricino on Wednesday signed to the Portland Pickles, the college wood bat team. The other players that went recently went to the Pickles was uh, pitchers Matthew DeCrona and then Dylan Van Meteren. Both played for the Pickles last summer. Now we got Bricino. The Pickles kind of talked about it in some interviews. They talked about Long Beach State having this dirtbag mentality. Great group of guys that they want to come play in Portland. And yeah, Pickles really are something. You, look you heard the, it here first. <laughs> uh, going back to the Eagles even. In 2000, the Eagles revolutionized pickle juice in sports. They uh, used it to fight cramps. Uh-huh, 109 degree heat. They're playing against the Cowboys. Team was struggling. And they started drinking pickle juice. And it helped them rally. They won this game. They're big underdogs in this game. And yeah, pickle juice. After that, 2009, a North Dakota State professor, he actually did a study on pickle juice, had athletes ride on bikes, and he discovered that the ones who drink pickle juice recovered from fighting their cramps 45% faster if they drink nothing, and 37% faster if they had drinking only water. So if you're ever really feeling down, drink some pickle juice. It might get you back in there, might help you win some games. You never really know. You should consult a doctor before you drink the juice, though. Yeah, I'll pass it. Yeah. I don't know about that. I've had pickle juice my fair share. Naoki smelt a batch of pickles I brought with me earlier, and he was feeling alive, I would say. Uh, no. I, <laughs> alive? Uh, Is that what we're going for? I, I tear, a tear came out of my <laughs> eye. I kid you not. I was about to cry. It's like, you know how like when you go take out your trash, <laughs> and you like open the bin after like a week, and it's just like, mm-hmm. just Whoa. hot. Yeah. Just, it's just hot. Imagine smell. how those, those players smelled after they just were cramping oh my and chugging pickle juice. Came <laughs> out with a dub, though, and no cramps. <laughs> exactly. And oh. then, yes, yeah, like, Bouncing off of the pickles, a lot of sports team stadiums have some weird pickle items. On the NFL side, Houston Texans, Energy Stadium, they're actually serving up the Texas Firecracker this season. And the Texas Firecracker is really something else. It's uh, flaming Hot Fried Pickles, soaked in cherry and blueberry Kool-Aid, and then served with a jalapeno ranch dressing. So I just had a baby bar off camera. That, oh my gosh. It sounds pretty bad. To be honest, objectively, objectively bad, but fried pickles really are actually pretty decent. And like on the sweet side, you could do it too. I've had the recipe idea for a while. Fried pickles dipped in a little peanut butter sauce. I think you're a mana sign here. It's also a perfect post-workout recovery item. Peanut butter, pickle juice. Who says no? See, I think me, I think you were like pushing it to the edge already and you just went off the cliff. Like that was the ending point. That was it. No. Okay, right. thank you, Matty G, for Pickle Break. Mm-hmm. Back to the banther. Okay, we are going to recap the 2022-23 NFL season. All right, guys, what are your thoughts, opinions on the season? I would just like to state that I would really appreciate if we could just skip over the Dallas Cowboys. No, and actually, not we're going to talk, talk about, about them. them. We're going to talk about them a lot, actually, and their beautiful, wonderful, predictable player performance. Predictable is the key word. It's very, very predictable. I mean, every season, it's the same thing. And I call it every season. I say that we're going to make it to the first round and we might win. And then I say, if we do win and we go to the second round, we will lose. And that happens every season. I don't expect anything different, especially because our ownership is just terrible. This year, I don't think was as predictable. We saw a little unprecedented run. Six or was it five or six straight missed field goals? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of not shocked. I was never a huge fan of Maher to begin with. And he basically just proved my point of why I wasn't a fan. I didn't expect much from him. 
Uh, and clearly he missed and it was awful. And we instantly, I loved the next day, a tweet came out from the Dallas Cowboys and they were like looking for a new kicker instantly. And I'm like, I mean, I guess, but who are we going to get? They also, uh, I'm pretty sure tweeted out for that loss, just straight up blaming the loss on Dak. They did. And I don't understand that. That doesn't make any sense. Objectively though, he choked. He was terrible. Oh, he 100% choked. They're paying him how much? $35 million a year. And the man does not show up for the playoffs. No, he doesn't. But that's the thing. I mean, neither does Zeke. And we've had Zeke for a while now. And I really think it's time to move on from him and give Tony Pollard that running back one spot and just make it official. Because Pollard was ridiculous the entire season. He had multiple games where he was just rushing for ridiculous yards. So he's a monster, that guy. Yeah, he's great. And I love Pollard. I love Pollard more than I love Zeke. I liked Zeke in Ohio. That was great. But again, he's from Ohio. So what is that supposed to be? Nick Bosa. The Ohio State University. <laughs> Joe Burr. Joe, Joe Burr. Burr. I think the only bright spot of this Cowboys team is Michael Parsons. Oh, 100%. He's I mean, going to be a defensive monster for many, many seasons. And I think if you're the Cowboys, you build your defense around Michael Parsons. Surround that guy with talent so he's not the one making every defensive play. See, I would love to see that, but guess what? We still have Jerry Jones, and it ain't going to happen. I would love to see us build a great defense. I mean, the entire season, we were, like, at least a top-five defense. Like, we controlled the defensive side of the game, but our offense is what needs the most work. And we do have weak spots, obviously, on defense as well, but I think... We need to focus more on our offense in the offseason and try and improve that and improve player positioning. So, yeah, basically move on from Zeke, build around Micah, just take it step by step. But those steps are going to turn into years like it has been, which is why we haven't won a Super Bowl in 30 something years. Were you even alive at that? Look, we don't even talk about that. I was barely even a thought if that. So <laughs> it's been a while. Speaking of disappointments. Uh, AFC West, massive hype, massive offseason hype. Every expert said that they were going to be the best division of football. It ended up being the NFC East, who was the worst division of football last season. Multiple seasons. Well, yeah, a lot. Like we, the, the number one seed, like the best team in the NFCs last year was still barely above 500 last year. I think like two games. But after all the moves that the, those teams in the AFC West made in the offseason, Devontae going to Vegas with Chandler Jones, and then the Broncos getting Russell Wilson, and then the, all the moves the Chargers made, getting J.C. Jackson, getting Khalil Mack on defense, and then the Chiefs just, they signed Juju, and then they traded for Kadarius Toney midseason, Marcus Valdez-Scantling in the offseason, and then the Broncos and Raiders just completely. Broncos country. Do we ride with the Broncos or do we hide? What do, what do we do? We hide. We hide. hide. Yeah. I think at this point, the Russell Wilson trade's the biggest fleece probably in NFL history. Oh yeah, 100%. Gina Smith was a better quarterback this year than Russell Wilson wasn't even close. Gina Smith, comeback what a story! Is yeah, comeback player of the year. Comeback player of the year. Is yeah. he the biggest surprise of the season? One hundred percent. My uh, sister's husband's a Seahawks fan. I told him at the beginning of the season they'd be lucky to win a game. Let him make the playoffs. And I yeah, out. I ate those words yeah. very quickly. Yeah. I like. Geno Smith, like what a story for like the Seahawks team that was like after trade for Russell Wilson was like expected to just fall off a cliff and then he I don't want to say carry but led them to a playoff berth. It's, they shouldn't have been there. That they shouldn't have been there. It should have been the Lions. It, 
Yes, it should have. It should have been the Lions in the playoffs, Any, not the Seahawks. Anyone who watched the Hard Knocks season with the Lions, man. Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. That man cries tears for his team yeah. when they tie games. That's true. I still don't believe that Jared Goff is a is an NFL quarterback. I do. I, I met him at LAX once, and yes, yeah, I'll ride with see, that guy forever. Oh, word. No, but I think Jared Goff. I mean, personally. Favorite plot twist, favorite surprise of the season was him yeah. becoming an NFL quarterback. Like, I don't know. I felt he always had it in him. I think the Ram system didn't help him. Yeah. I think he was also under a lot of pressure in LA. You go to a crappy team in Detroit, you have, there's no pressure to succeed. Nah. The expectations yeah. are like in hell. He basically. made Amon Ross St. Brown look like the top wide mm-hmm. receiver. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown at USC is doing that, though. That's true. But I do think Jared Goff's like, actually good at this point top yeah. 10 quarterback i mean he was stat wise top 10 there's two quarterbacks top 10 is so question no yeah, these are top 10 by qbr this year daniel jones okay. made it up in there yeah he did and jared goff yeah like no one would have either of those guys anywhere near that no. list no well it's because lamar didn't play lamar jackson was out for like the entire season tyler huntley in the pro bowl how do you feel sick to my stomach Derek carr also in the pro bowl yeah, top 10 claims right there yeah no uh, that's that's no. completely no. outrageous. No. I feel the same way when I see that like Rudy Gobert makes an All NBA team. It just it pisses me off. It grinds my gears. Oh, uh, they're gonna do what is it? Flag football. Flag, Flag football. football. Flag football. Can they just cancel the Pro Bowl? Uh, here's what I think the Pro Bowl should be. Everyone gets the like, okay, you were voted into the Pro Bowl, but it shouldn't actually take place. It's so embarrassing. They're out there doing little activities. What do they get like a goodie bag for going to the Pro Bowl? I mean, it's just. Please. I mean, it stop used doing to be it. fun. It used to be fun, and then they were like, "Too many guys are getting hurt." Yeah, this is this is sad. And also doing the because every other sport, you have the All Star game in the middle of the season, right? Yeah. When you do the Pro Bowl at the end of the season, everybody who's there is depressed because they're out of the playoffs. Yep. They don't want to play this game. They're like, "What in Hawaii or something?" It's yeah. just cancel it. Stop doing this, please. We got Eli Manning, the Peyton Manning coaching it this year. That's that pretty is cool. Nice. That, that is pr- nice. The Manning Bowl? The Manning Bowl. The Manning Bowl. And, like, the Pro Bowl had the moment with Jeff Saturday and Peyton Manning taking one last snap a couple years ago, which is a cool moment. And that Jeff Saturday, was... great coach. Oh. We really saw what he got to do this year in That's Indianapolis. True. Colts fans really thought he was signed after that first victory, and then I don't think he won another game. <laughs> so, Predictable. love him, you know. It was a Coached good... high school. Didn't win there. Yep. Got the NFL job. Didn't won win one there. game. Love to see it. Love and I think he's it. still in the conversation for the job again. Lord of mercy. Can, okay. I, co- can I coach the Colts? I'll, I'll, I want to coach the Colts. At this Colts. point, a dog could coach the Colts and it'd probably be more productive. Yeah. They should just have like an open tryout. Right? Like in the movie Invincible. Yeah. Right. yeah we go. just have an open tryout and then we can all coach the team. Yes. Collectively. Collectively. Te- yeah. Teed up. Teed up. Teed up coaching yep. staff. Oh. Coaching by committee. Yeah, I think we have a better chance at being able to coach the Colts or maybe play quarterback for the Colts than what we saw this year. Wow. Matt Ryan. Matt, Matt Ryan. Mm. Matty Ice. Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Uh, who else played there this year? Who else was over there? Jacob Eason. Was it Eason? Oh, it was. The Was he the rookie? Second year now. Second year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big arm. Doesn't do much else well. but See, that's the thing with these big arm quarterbacks. They can throw 70, 80-yard bombs. No accuracy. Overthrown, underthrown. Sideline pass, like... Way into the second row. Yeah. Uh, you think quarterbacks need, like, less powerful arms at this point? I think because of what Mahomes and Allen have been able to do with those arms in the last few years that 
if you don't have a big arm at this point, especially like when all these receivers are getting like only faster and faster in these corners and DBs are only getting faster and faster, that the deep ball, I mean, everybody loves a Hail Mary pass. Like that's one of the only the one of the only good things or a good go route, like completely dust a corner. Like th- those plays are really nice. I get it. But it's like you saw the was it the AFC divisional round? Mahomes, Bills, right? Mahomes and, and Allen just going at it back and forth, back and forth, just throwing bombs at each other. Like, for the last, like, what, two minutes, there were, like, mm-hmm. three touchdowns. I mean, not everybody can be Tom Brady, right? A savant, a pocket passer, just a, a slice-and-dice quarterback that can, like, clock manage at an elite level. Yeah. But... Well, I mean, I feel like they got a lot... Of, I mean, because... They aren't the originals, obviously, to like roll out and have that big arm and be able to do that like on the run. Yeah. Michael so, Vick. Michael Vick. He was a legend for that, and he was a lefty. Yep. So he would just throw people off because he was lefty and he could run yeah. so fast and then just launch the ball seventy yards in the air, Dude. and it would be on target every time. They, I mean, they're definitely not the original, but I like what they're doing. Like, I like the future of the NFL yeah. as far as quarterbacks go because it's just kind of cool to watch. Like, yeah. it, it makes it a little bit more exciting. It's the age of the hybrid QB. If, you, if your quarterback can't run and throw the ball, it's hard to, to, to sustain success. Like, you saw your Matt Ryans get benched and Tom Brady's have struggles this year. What do you say Brady struggled this year? He, like, broke two or three records. He did, but I think that's due to longevity rather than because like, he's played for almost 30 years mm-hmm. rather than he had a good year, right? Mm-hmm. Th- th- a lot of those records were counting stats that, that counts towards his entire career, not just single-season records. He did get the most passing attempts in a season and oh. completions, I think. That's true. I mean, with Brady, I mean, you're... You throw the ball 60 times a game. Yeah. I feel like he kind of knew going into this season, like, this was it. So I think he kind of thought, like, I'm just going to throw it as much as I can yeah. and just see what I can do with it. Well, speaking of, he retired again, a second time. Second time. We thought last the last time he did it that he was that was stay it. Out. It lasted what like less than a week. It, it was, was like a month. six weeks, right? Yeah, it was like a was month. It? it was like a little yeah. over a yeah. month. I felt like the turnaround on that was so was quick. Fast. But I think that was because everybody thought that like, oh no, he's gonna come back. Do but was it worth I it? I personally didn't. I personally didn't. Because if you watch, what did he do? Like a 60 minute interview or something at the end of the last oh, season? Right. He was like sobbing and talking about what a terrible father he is and he needs <laughs> to be there for his family. And then weeks later, he's like, I'm, I'm back. back. Screw my kids. I mean, <laughs> at this point, at this point, I think it's more embarrassing that he's retiring again now. Like you've already lost the family. Giselle's left you. Keep going at this point. You've, you, you have nothing left to lose. Everything's gone. True. Keep going. Die on the field. I think we we should go around the panel and we'll say who our favorite coming out of retirement, quote unquote, athletes are the guys that who had a second stint after retirement. I'll start off Magic Johnson, Hall of Fame career, had a great run in L.A. and then had to retire due to reasons. But he came back, came back, was an all star and then had like an amazing last few seasons. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, what he did off the court is outrageous mm-hmm. like all the stories that you hear about what what he would do on the, in la and then the whole party scene and all that stuff but the stuff that he did on the court before his first retirement like arguably i i believe the the greatest point guard of all time one of the greatest players of all time and then even to 
have a virus and then still ball out. It's crazy. Like, he was still in his prime. Like, it's not like he was, like, 40, pushing 45. He was, like, in the middle of his prime. So, I think he still had a lot of juice. Mm-hmm. It's just unfortunate circumstances led to him calling it quits early. But then I think him coming back and doing what he did, I think, did a lot of advocacy for the whole mm-hmm. movement. And I think that I think that was huge. I mean, because when did he retire, like, the first time? It was, like, in the late 80s, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the big thing with that is like once he did come back absolutely like he still ran the league but i think the handoff of like who controlled the nba after that was the 92 olympic yeah with the dream team team. i think after that when they came back to the regular season and michael jordan was in his prime and they were dominating teams overseas like for the barcelona olympics and stuff like that then it was that whole handoff because then michael just went off yep and but he was another athlete that had two retirements and and the way he came back was he just sent a fax and it just had two words i'm back i mean his stint in washington he was still like a 20 plus point per game scorer like at the age of like 38 and 39 and 40 it was hard to watch though like it it was hard i'm sure for a lot of fans i mean i was really young when he was on the wizards i think he retired in what 2003 or around there early 2000s but, I mean, I'm sure it was very hard to watch. And I've seen videos where it was very hard to watch. And I was like, that's not Michael Jordan. Like, that's Mikael Jordan. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Maddie G, your favorite athlete to retire twice. Yeah, I'll stick with the category of, like, greatest of all times and go with Mario Lemieux. I think okay. Mario Lemieux realistically would have been better than Gretzky if he never gets injured. You look at the guy's point-per-game records, and he was, like, up there putting up insane numbers during that new changing era of hockey. And then you get the back problems, cancer, he retires, comes back as an owner of the Penguins, yes. plays alongside Sidney Crosby, helps Sidney Crosby develop into, like, not the greatest anymore, nowhere near it. But I think Crosby's a top 10 player of all time. He definitely lived up to his expectations, Agreed. won rings, won gold medals, mm-hmm. in the shadow of Ovechkin, but probably a more complete player than Ovechkin. Oh, completely. Yeah. Ovechkin's chasing the goal record now for Gretzky that no one thought would be top, so... They sure. both did their thing, but I think Lemieux would have topped all of those things if he never had to retire. Okay. I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to go with Rob Gronkowski. What a he's really, he's, he's an enigma. I love that man. I think when he came back after retiring in New England, comes back, wins a ring, retires again. I mean, that that's legendary. And my favorite thing about him is that he's still young. He's 33. Yep. And there are rumors floating around all the time that he's going to come back. He's going to make his third appearance in the league. He was talking earlier this season about he was close to signing yeah. with the Bills at the beginning of the season, his hometown yeah. team. They were trying really hard to get him. And then he said, I'm not in it. I don't know. Maybe one day. I and mean, last month he tweeted what, I'm bored, and I'm bored. sent the NFL oh into gosh. a frenzy. Everyone's yeah. like, he's coming back. Every team That's is sliding in his Twitter yeah. DMs. I He'll think be like 60 back. years old and still oh, like yeah. threatening a comeback. I think when he came back and he like wanted to play with Tom Brady again, I think he just wanted to be kissed. I think like, that was his main thing. I, I think, think so he just, just said, Tom, I miss he, you. Yeah, he was like, Tom, I'm here. But I mean, if you're Gronk, you've already accomplished so much. Mm-hmm. Like you're arguably top one or two tight end of all time depending mm-hmm. on who you ask I, I still think it's tony g but gronk i think is right there but i mean if you're gronkowski you've accomplished really all there is to accomplish as a tight end mm-hmm. like you've won your super bowls you got to play with the go like you won it on two different franchises mm-hmm. you hold records you have the single season touchdown record as a tight end like i think for him it's just more like there's no real 
motivation, I think. And he, mm-hmm. he retired the first time because he had all those injuries, mm-hmm. all those concussions, the all the neck injuries, the back injuries that he had in New England. So I think even now, I think for him, it's like, okay, if Brady really is out, I think he stays out. Yeah. Unlike Brady, he knows something about timing your retirement. Yeah. Speaking of players, like, re-signing in the middle of the year after retirement, OBJ, when's he coming back? All year, it seemed like he was going to sign up a team. Never Never. does. Like, is he just done? After the American Airlines situation? Ooh, I kind of forgot about that. He's gone. He's gone. He was rumored, he was linked to the Cowboys for, like, the majority of the year. We wanted him. Mm -hmm. And we wanted him because we felt like he would be a really cool addition to have. And it's like, it's OBJ. And, but to be really honest, in my opinion... I don't think he would have been the same OBJ that he was when he was like on the Giants with just a garbage team around him. Yeah. Like, I don't think he would have been that good. Well, he had a good playoff run in the year that they won the Super Bowl. He was having a great game up until he tore his ACL mm-hmm. in the champion in, in the Super Bowl. That's another reason That's why I think if he does come back, he's not gonna be the same. He's not the same. He's already, he's had so many ankle injuries, knee injuries already. There's very few players that can come off of like injuries that are that serious and still be great. There's very few. Richard Sherman. Christian McCaffrey. CMC, baby. CMC. We want to jump around on awards because I think earlier we mentioned mm. it. Jalen Hurts. MVP this year, right? Yeah. I don't think it's Mahomes. 100%. It's Jalen Hurts. If Mahomes gets it, it's confirmation that everything in the NFL is rigged. Is the NFL scripted? So Arian Foster would be correct? I don't know. I'm not saying he's correct. I'm just saying. I think he has a point. Does he? I think think there's too many many instances Mm. where it's it's so like, okay, what? Should we talk about the extra third down in the Chiefs-Bengals game? I mean, what was that? What was that? If not confirmation. That there's a script out there. There's a script. Mm -hmm. Another big name quarterback that's going to have an interesting offseason, Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to talk about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Why not? That's What's fair. Going to, That's There's going. so many things Aaron Rodgers no. is wrong Jets. about. He's going to the Jets. Jets are going to tear up the AFC East. But, I mean, if you had to pick a, a team that could help him compete for another Super Bowl, that's not Green Bay, because obviously he doesn't like it there, and they're also not very good. We think in, I think you reunite him with Devontae in Vegas. Yeah, I was going to say the Raiders. I don't think the Raiders are still a competitor. I don't think they're a competitor. I don't think, so. I don't think they're going to like help him win a Super Bowl again, but I think that's where he's going to end up simply because of Devontae. Like, I think it's just, it's a good spot for him. Obviously, that's going to move Carr, but I think Raiders is where he's going to land. I hope that he doesn't land anywhere except outside of the league. San, I, San Francisco? That's what I was going to say. No. Back, Hear me out, but like, if they don't believe Trey Lance is ready, they don't trust Mr. Irrelevant. Jimmy G's done. I don't think they don't trust him. I just, I think honestly, if his arm was healthy, he might, Purdy might have the number one spot. I don't think Purdy I gets think so. it. He's a nice kid. Everyone Trey Lance is a him. nice kid. He's all yeah, right. Yeah, but he won one game. Did he? Right? Purdy? I don't even know. Purdy took him to the, to the NFC Championship game. I, but I think if you're the Niners and you want to build an offense with Kittle, McCaffrey, mm-hmm. and Debo, I think you go with Purdy, bro. I think you want a guy who doesn't really like demand the ball mm-hmm. and to throw every single time. Mm-hmm. A guy that can do a little bit of both, play within the system. They invested so much in Trey Lance, though, to give up on him. I'm not saying that they're going to give up on him, but I think as a long-term solution. I, I also, I know we're in the era of hybrid quarterbacks, but they're also so risky. They yeah, get hurt very true. more often. Lamar you know? Jackson. Exactly. So I, I'm just not convinced that 
a Trey Lance is a long-term answer to the 49ers quarterback question. I don't. I I would I would agree with you on that. And I think with how much they invested in that in the firepower around the quarterback, I think you don't want a, a quarterback that's like he can keep it. When you well, what would you want to have George Kittle run block for you and mm-hmm. Debo to run run block for you and McCaffrey to run block? Just give him the ball. They're they're all valuable playmakers on offense that can mm-hmm. do what they they can make plays with the balls in their hands. All right, we have a long off season ahead of us. Indeed, indeed. But before I'm, then, we have a Super Bowl. And I think we all think the Eagles are going. They're going to so, win it. I'm absolutely. So Eagles are going to dominate. That's it. If the Eagles win, we're going to do an episode where I'm on, where I climb a pole. Can we do that? <laughs> yeah. I'll grease the pole no, for you. Can't. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. no just to Philly. see if you yeah, can do Yeah, poles are only greased in Philly, and they can yeah. still climb them there. So. You can't, you can't no, that's, but yeah, that's but the whole point. I'm going to put Naoki to the test to see if he's a real Philly fan. can't stop me. Okay. No. Sonny's going to boost me. I'm going to jump on Sonny's shoulders. And he's I will do me. nothing of the sort as a Cowboys fan. I will not touch No, he'll be crying fan. in the corner. Yeah? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah it's... And then she'll be dreaming of Nick Bosa. I will. Yep. Bosa. All right. I think that's it. First episode of Teed Up in the book. Thank you so much to our, our collective of hosts. Sonny, Maddie, Naoki, thank you. Thank you so much for all of you for joining and listening to us. Thank you to our editor, Andy Nguyen, and our producer, Leila Nunez. If you want to stay up to date on the latest in Long Beach State sports, please check out our website, daily49er.com, and follow us on socials at daily49er. All right. Say goodbye, boys. That's it. Let's go. That's it. That's it. We're out. First episode. Fly Eagles Fly.